Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Andrea Reynolds, and I serve as a deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Lord God, the wonders of your creation, the splendor of the heavens, the beauty of the earth, the order and richness of nature, all speak to us of your glory. The coming of your Son, the presence of your Spirit, the fellowship of your church, show us the marvel of your love. We worship and adore you, God of grace and glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Let us worship God. Compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God. Though we have rebelled against him, let us then renounce our willfulness and seek his mercy. 
by confessing our sins in penitence and returning to the Lord in faith. Shall we confess? God of mercy, God of love, in humbleness of heart, we confess our sins. We forgot to love and serve you and wander from your ways. We are careless of your world and put its life in danger. We talk of our concerns for the others. We have to match our words with action. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Teach us what it means to love with our whole heart. Teach us what it means to love the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the good news of the gospel for all of us. Whatever we have done, whatever we have failed to do, whoever we are, whoever we wish we were but not, we are loved and forgiven. We're accepted, we're washed clean, we are raised up, we are welcome. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. With this wonderful congregation together, let us resound in our praise by affirming our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. <clears throat> he ascended into heaven <clears throat> and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, <clears throat> the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. On this beautiful day, let us share our Christian joy and love by greeting one another.
Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to worship here this morning at Church of the Palms. We're so delighted that you're with us today on this, the fourth Sunday of Lent and also a big day in the life of our church, Commitment Sunday, the culmination of our Open Palms campaign, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, love for you to fill out the friendship pads which are in the pews and pass those along to your neighbor and we hope that you'll uh, discover perhaps a new name uh, in your pew, somebody that you can uh, particularly welcome to our ministry here at Church of the Palms and especially to enjoy perhaps afterwards a conversation with them underneath the tree. We, it is a beautiful day today and that we would love for you to come out and enjoy some fellowship with us and to learn about all the many different opportunities of ministry that are available for you to participate in. If you would open up your bulletin to the center where the staples are, that's not where the center is, there it is. You'll see a couple things. First of all, you'll see God's story, and we have been reading along uh, throughout each week, uh, part, more and more a part of the Bible, as we have been trying to discover God's story unfolding within the pages of Scripture. We invite you to use that as your weekly discipline, to see those daily readings and to read them throughout the course of the week. You also will note uh, there those who have passed over the past several weeks, and you may wish to include their families in your prayers. But then turn the page to the next page, the real colorful page. And those are all the things that are right now coming up that you might want to pay attention to. Rather than rattling through a, a whole list of announcements about these things, take a look, uh, perhaps not during the sermon, but take a look during um, <laughs> some period of time at all the things that are coming up in our life. And you can uh, be aware of how you can be participating in our life through those announcements, uh, our Easter egg hunt, leadership forum, our annual crop walk, which is today, uh, our divas and desserts, our support of our Sarasota Young Voices is gonna be uh, this weekend. A couple of things that haven't been mentioned, uh, Presbyterian women are having an event in a couple of weeks. You can see them underneath the table. And this coming Sunday, we will feature, uh, see them under the tree. <laughs> Not the table. <laughs> At the table, under the tree. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. <laughs> but uh, also next Sunday, we're having the Fare Requiem presented to us in our worship here in the sanctuary at 9 and 11. And you may want to make a point to be with us for that. As I mentioned, it is Commitment Sunday today. This is the culmination of our Open Palms campaign. Our church has been dreaming about what might be the next step in our future, especially around the development of our campus, uh, our Family Life Center that we have in our sites and dream, a $6 million campaign. We mentioned last week that we're on our way toward halfway already uh, by the gifts of our, of our leaders and those advanced commitments that have come in, so we're very, very grateful for that. But today, our, our entire congregation is given the chance to come forward and to present your commitments, and we will have you uh, have a time for you to do that after our uh, sermon. Uh, so we encourage you not to put your commitment cards in the offering plate, but we're gonna invite the whole congregation to come forward to lay their commitments on the communion table or in these baskets up front or even in baskets up in the balcony. But uh, you'll have two cards. You receive two cards in your bulletin. Uh, the white card is for our annual budget, our annual operating ministry. Uh, 
First and foremost, we would love to receive a commitment card for you regarding our ongoing ministry of our church and also the green card, which is toward our Open Palms campaign and the development of our campus and our future. So we will have a time at the end of our service for you to bring those commitments forward uh, before the Lord. But as we imagine that and wonder about all those things, we have yet one more story to tell, one more testimony offered by one of our youth, uh, Rachel Mallett, who many of you have uh, met here in our worship service, has delivered messages here, and uh, Rachel has something to share with us now. Everything like really started to change when I was in sixth grade and I started going to um, youth group on Wednesdays. I went to Cedar Kirk the summer before sixth grade. I fell in love with the student ministry here. I remember we had like a bunch of lock-ins throughout middle school, and just I had all these like moments within the ministry that like just like boosted my faith a whole bunch and I always had like this just great support group. Well something that makes Church of the Palms really stand out is the bond we have with one another. I know specifically with the youth ministry we're basically a family. We have a group chat and we're always like texting on it and it's just so nice to have like I don't know that support around me and that friendship like all the time. We talk every day and I know once one instance someone told me that a friend referred to Church of the Palms as the cool church that always hangs out with one another. And I really love that because it's really true. I mean, we love each other so much. We may like pick on each other every once in a while, but there's just really a strong, strong bond within the youth ministry and even like the whole congregation. And I just feel like that's super powerful and it, it's something I really love the most about the church. Something that's really special about Church of the Palms is the different generations and how they interact with one another. I know when I was starting off, a bunch of the high schoolers or older middle schoolers just poured love towards me. And I know when I was in eighth grade, I had a mentor, Kim McCauley, and I also have Sherry Watts, that's part of the church, and Joan Emmerich, who are part of Church of the Palms, and they just mentor me and show me like how they view their faith and how I can grow stronger in my faith. And I love the fact that I now can do the same thing with middle schoolers. So on Wednesdays, I can hang out with them during youth group or go on mission trips with them. And I feel like that's something really special about Church of the Palms is that we all like really love each other and care about each other and can teach each other things based on our own life experiences. So something I really love about Church of the Palms is how important missions are for the congregation. We are able to go on summer trips together and like during the school year, there's just so many opportunities to serve within the church. And I love how important it is to everybody in the congregation. I got to go on four trips with the youth group. Um, I went to Deland, Florida with the middle school ministry. Um, I got to go to Montreat, uh, Nicaragua and Urban Serve in Atlanta, Georgia. And those just like, I don't know, really, really shaped me. Well, because of Church of the Palms, I know that when I grow up, I want to be a pastor. Being able to see and experience other pastors preach and know that that's like the life I want to live, I definitely owe that to the student ministry because my faith has just grown tremendously just because of my involvement in the church. I think what excites me the most about the future for our church is the many opportunities we have to grow. We also have like new ministries forming and bunch of different groups and stuff and we're building and adding on to our church and I I really believe that we can take it to a whole nother level because our church is willing to do that and make that change and I just feel like we have the capability to make it something greater than it already is.
Our most gracious and loving God, we are grateful that you have called us together to worship you and to serve you. We have been forgiven in Christ and transformed by the Spirit. Therefore, we proclaim that we love you with our whole hearts, souls, minds, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. In the power of your great love, we dare to come and ask for you to pour out your love on all in need. We ask for your healing for those who are sick, your comfort for the grieving, presence for the lonely, clarity for the confused, and purpose for the lost in spirit. We pray for your wisdom for our leaders, and we pray that you'll bless us together as a church. Bless the pledges and gifts we commit that we might be provisional sign for all to see of your perfect kingdom. We pray that you will watch over all those who are in dangerous places, missionaries and soldiers, and those eight workers alike. We pray now in the name of our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us continue to worship God through the giving of our tithings and offerings.
Let us pray. Ever faithful Father, giver of all that is good and true and beautiful and life-giving, may your spirit of abundance, which gives more than we can ask or imagine, grace these gifts for your kingdom and bear witness to the love of Jesus Christ to our neighbors near and far. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, and now we invite Lori and the children to come forward for the children's moment. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful outside. Maddie, there you are, first in line. That is awesome. We are so glad you're here on this beautiful day. We have the best church ever, and it is filled with amazing people who just continue to do so much for the service of Christ. It's just such a beautiful thing. And today is especially, especially exciting because we get to talk about and wonder about, where would you like to sit? Hmm, hmm, how about right over here? Oh, you bet you could sit, oh, beautiful. Do you want to sit up by Hayes? She's really nice, really nice teenager. That would be great. We get to wonder about our generosity and what God might be calling us to do. Now, here's the really cool thing about generosity. It doesn't really matter what we do with our generosity because God is going to use it to bless people that we never even thought of. So I was thinking, if you had a decent-sized rock and you were standing on the side of a lake, like this crystal clear lake, like that you could go water skiing on, one of those kind of lakes, and you threw the rock into the water, what would happen? Maddie, what's going to happen? It would sink, absolutely. It's going to sink. I was thinking about something else even. What about the water? What happens to the water, Stuart? It skips across the water. It could skip across the water, but my rock isn't a very good skipping rock. It's just a big rock that's going to do something to the water. Um, it needs to be flat. It would need to be flat if it were going to skip. Okay, Charles, this is my last shot. What's it going to do to the water? The, the, the rock, watch your toes, the rock is going like that. What happens to the water? It makes ripples in the water. It makes ripples in the water, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. If I had a piece of chocolate, I'd give it to you. And here's the cool thing. It doesn't even matter the size of the rock because even a small rock can cause a ripple. One touch of generosity and the ripples go out and then God figures out who is blessed by our generosity. So I was wondering if any of you had had a chance to talk with your families about how you might be generous or think about how you would be generous for this new Open Palms campaign. Anna is thinking, Anna, what are you thinking? Garage sale. Oh my gosh, you would have a garage sale and then what would you do with the money? Um, give it to Open Palm. Wow, thank you. What a great idea. Matthew, my middle schooler, stand up. Sorry, I should have had you stand up they could, so they could have seen you, Anna. What are you doing? We donated a baseball bat. Nice, excellent, thank you. Stuart. Donated 20 bucks. Wow, of your own money? Yeah. That is really awesome. That is great. Anybody else? You know, one thing I was going to tell you, like our confirmation class, I'll come right to you, Sophie. They get pizza every night. They throw a dollar in the bucket for their pizza. And Drew says, hey, let's get rid of the pizza and just put the dollar in the bucket for the building campaign. And one of those middle school boys said, no way, we can't do that. We're starving. So, so they're going, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we know what we could do. We could do two buckets. 
throw $1 in for the pizza, $1 in for the building campaign, and then they did the math on a Wednesday night, you know, and they go, if we did that, just $1 a week, $2,000. It'd be enough to buy our basketball goals. It was so cool. Sophie, did you have an I another idea? I'm going to sell some of my artwork. Oh, I bet we might have some buyers right here. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you, Sophie. Any oh, Kate. Kate, stand up, Kate. Thank you. Right there, that's perfect. So, Kate, you have a special animal at your house. What's your animal? Chickens. Chickens. And what do you have in your hands here? Some eggs. You have some eggs. So, do you do anything with the chickens? Yes. What do you do? I help feed them and give them treats and collect the eggs. That is, how old are you? Six. Six years old. So what was your idea with the eggs that you collect? I could donate them to the church. And so Kate had talked to her mom and she said, you know, I could bring these eggs on a Sunday morning. These are organic farm-fed eggs, and she would have just a little jar and whatever you would want to put into the jar to, to, have, to buy the eggs that Kate has collected, she would donate it all to the building campaign. Thank you. Will you go put that up on the table as our reminder right up there? See, generosity is like that. Just the littlest pebble makes ripple effects that we just don't know how God is going to bless others. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are so, so good to us. Lord, we are so excited about what might come with this new building, with this new place where we get to share your love with people who maybe don't even know you yet. So Lord, help us. Open our hearts. Lord, help us to be generous the way you are generous. Amen. So our kids will be coming back in at the end, and they'll come up with their families. So sorry, guys. So we're going to leave now, but we'll be back.
Maybe seated. Those wonderful young women that sang for you are hoping to go to England and Ireland this coming summer, but they could use a little support. And that announcement about divas and desserts is an opportunity for you to support them this coming Friday evening as they uh, gather in the campus center for a little fundraiser and announcements about that in the bulletin. You can sign up, buy tickets underneath the tree uh, to support them in their effort to share their great gifts with a larger part of the world. Our scripture this morning is from Mark chapter 12, but before that, a little choreography on what's gonna take place a little bit later this morning. Uh, after I finish preaching, there will be a little time of prayer and reflection as before we invite you to come forward to make your commitments. Today, because it's such an important day in the history of our church, we're not gonna be passing the plate, we're gonna be actually asking you to come forward and to lay your commitments before the Lord right here on the communion table, right next to the eggs. Uh, or perhaps if it's easier for you to lay them in one of the baskets up here in the front or up there in the balcony, we have also a couple of baskets. So we want to make sure all of you in the balcony are welcome to come forward to lay your commitments uh, on the communion table, if you so please. We are not gonna do this in any particular order. We're going to allow you to come forward as you feel led, when you feel led. We do invite you to come forward through the center aisles, the center aisle and the side center aisles and lay your commitments and perhaps go, by, by, go back by a different aisle, maybe even around the perimeter and return back to your pew. It's gonna feel a little chaotic, it's gonna take a little time, but historic moments usually take a little bit of time. For those of you who have mobility issues and are concerned about leaving your pew, we invite you to either give it to a friend that you may have come with or uh, to wait until the end where the ushers will go up the aisles and uh, just raise your hand and we'll be glad to pass the plate to you so that you can give your pledge and be a part of this very important day in our church's life. So as I mentioned, we are in Mark chapter 12, beginning at the 28th verse. Hear the word of God. One of the scribes came near Jesus and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you're right, teacher, you have truly said that he is one and beside him there is no other and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole born earth offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any question and while Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself by the Holy Spirit declared, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how can he be his son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. 
And as he taught, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour your widows' houses and for the sake of appearances say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down the opposite, opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury and many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, where we pray this in his name, amen. Ulysses S. Grant, the great Northern Civil War general and the 18th President of the United States, tells in his memoir the story of when he was eight years old and he witnessed his father trying to do a horse deal with a man across town, a Mr. Ralston. Mr. Ralston had wanted $25 for his horse, but Ulysses' father would only offer him 20 the men dickered for a while, and finally Mr. Ralston went away. But young Ulysses really wanted that horse. So he went to his father and he said, Dad, it's a really nice horse. Why can't we have that horse? Well, because, his father said, it's only worth 20 bucks. But Ulysses really wanted the horse, begged his father to buy it, and finally, after repeated badgering, he wore his father down. So his father went and got $25 and came back to his son and said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go over to Mr. Ralston's house and I want you to, off I want you to offer him 20 bucks. And if he doesn't take $20, then offer him $22.50. <laughs> and if he doesn't take the $22.50, then you can offer him the 25. Young Ulysses nodded his head. And with his dad's $25, he went skipping across town and found Mr. Ralston with his horse and said, my dad said I should offer you $20 for this horse. And he also said, if you don't take $20, I should offer you $22.50. <laughs> and if you don't take the $22.50, you should offer him $25. Grant says in his memoir, it would not require a Connecticut man to guess the, the price finally agreed upon. <laughs> Sometimes you have to learn the hard way the art of negotiation. Lesson number one, never lead with your best offer. Never let your heart get in the way. Life is full of negotiations, isn't it? Just about every day we have to sort out what's important to us and what's not so important to us. 
How much is this worth to me? How much is that worth to me? We negotiate in commerce. We negotiate in relationships. We negotiate in walking down the aisle at Publix. We negotiate even in our discipleship. Remember when Peter asked Jesus about how many times he had to forgive his brother or sister, and he, and he threw out what he thought would be a pretty good offer. Seven times, he says to Jesus. Seven times is that as many times as I need to forgive my brother and sister. And Jesus counters with 70 times seven. They were, shall we say, far apart in negotiations. So it's an interesting scene when Jesus is sitting across from the temple treasury. They didn't pass the plate back then. Along the wall of the court of the women in the temple were lined 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles where symbolically people were trumpeted to come forward and offer their gifts to God. And, and Jesus is across watching from a distance and, and folks are coming and they're putting in their offerings. And for most, it's, it's just an offering. They've, they've done well for themselves. They've got lots of things to do with their money. And there has been a negotiation perhaps inside themselves and with God. How much is enough? How much must I let go of? And how much do I get to hold back? What, what offer do I lead with? How much will the good Lord think sufficient? I want to make sure I've got enough for everything else. I want to cover my bets. Don't want to appear cheap in front of my friends. This internal negotiation and the result is bags of different sizes filled with different amounts of coins that represent different portions of their hearts and these coins rattle rather conspicuously in the copper kettles, a sound offer to the Lord, they hope. 20, but maybe not 2250 or 25. Then comes the poor widow with only two coins to rub together, two small copper coins that add up to a penny this apparently makes up her entire estate, and Jesus notices something. He hasn't just noticed her poverty, hasn't just noticed that this is her last two coins, but he notices that she has put both of them in. Both. She could just as well put one of them in, and everyone would have said that was enough. My Lord, a 50% tithe, that's a preacher's dream. <laughs> it's a dream I even have for myself. But left with her last two coins, she's gotten to the point of no longer needing to negotiate. She's all in. This time, maybe for the first time, she's got her whole heart in her hands, and that's her offer. And with a sound barely to be heard, all the chips have gone to the center of the table, and she's broken rule never one. Never lead with your best offer. Never let your heart get in the way. 
It wasn't long before that when Jesus got asked about the greatest one commandment, and Jesus says, oh, it's more than that. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And yes, there is a second one. It's love your neighbor as you love yourself. Not one, Jesus says, but two. And the widow says, not one, but two. Now, you and I can only guess that a gift of such proportional magnitude that overshadows all the big bags that have preceded it probably got its start long before. I think that's the way these things go. You don't just wake up one morning and you say you're going to cash it all in. When, when Jesus tells, for example, remember, Jesus tells the rich young ruler to sell everything that he has and give the money to the poor, the thought of it puts the man in shock and he goes away sad. I can relate to that man. But maybe for him, that was just the beginning of the story, right? Because every story has a beginning. And likewise, maybe long ago, this poor widow got on the path of generosity, but at first it was just a little. At first it was that painstaking negotiation of what she would hold on to and what she would let go of. And, and maybe little by little, her, her palms opened little by little, and with every bit there came this sense of meaning and purpose and joy. Maybe that's also, what happened to that rich man? We don't know that. Maybe he didn't sell everything at first crack, but, but maybe the negotiation started. And he took the first step, and then the next step. And with each step came that twinge of meaning and purpose and joy. Because that's the whole point, right? The whole point is where you put your heart, and is that really where you want your heart to be? Gordon Cosby, who started and then pastored for decades the Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C., a church that in order to become a member, you must agree first to serve the poor in the city, and then secondly, to provide proof that you're tithing. Cosby tells the story of how that story got started. He was a young pastor in Lynchburg, Virginia, and the head of the deacon board came to him and told him that a widow in his congregation who had six children came, it became apparent to them that even though she had six children and was a widow, and even though she served as a cleaning lady and perhaps made only as much as $40 a month, she was giving $4 of it to the church a tithe. The well-intentioned deacons said to the young pastor that she could not afford to do this and would Pastor Cosby please go and tell her that she was relieved of her obligation. Cosby writes, I am not wise now, I was less wise then. I went and told her of the concern of the deacons. I told her as graciously and as supportively as I knew how that she was relieved of the responsibility of giving. As I talked with her, tears welled in her eyes. I want to tell you, Pastor, you are taking away the last thing that gives my life dignity and meaning. Dignity and meaning. That poor widow stands inside that massive temple 
that great Herodian temple considered one of the wonders of the world. And everyone could wonder, what do those two little coins really mean? Well, they didn't need to have them. But she needed them to have them. Most of, uh, most of us remember, I'm sure, the gift received about 20 years ago by the University of Southern Mississippi. It was a gift of $150,000, a very generous gift to be sure, yet relatives to the gifts received by universities like Stanford and Harvard, a modest gift. But the thing that was unique about this gift was who it came from. They didn't know who she was. There was no record of her in her, their database. Her name was Osceola McCarty. She lived just two blocks away from the school in a tiny little house and for 60 years served as the wash lady for the town. Everybody in town would bring their wash for her to wash. She never went to college, let alone high school. She just washed people's wash on a scrub board. No one did wash better than Osceola. Two blocks away from this college, who back when she could have gone to college, wouldn't have accepted her because of the color of her skin. But 60 years back, her story started. And content with what little she had, her tiny little house, she tithed first her income to the church, fed herself, and then put the rest of the money in the bank. Amazing what 60 years of savings can do. And when the time came, there was nothing to negotiate. She took all the chips and put them in the center of the table and said, I want to make sure that there are some children who get the chance to do what I never got the chance to do. She broke the rule. She put forth her best offer first. She led with her heart. Not 20, not 2250, 25. What a wonderful place to be, right? What, what great joy, and that's really what it's about, right? That's what today is about. Another few steps forward in our journey to the joy. We start somewhere, right? Generosity always starts somewhere. For some of us, it got started a long time ago when your folks told you to put offering in the offering plate. For others, it started maybe not so long ago when your, when your folks told you that there was meaning and purpose and joy when you let go your little hands and you revealed a little bit of your heart. For some of us, it's maybe just starting today, and hallelujah to that. With every start, you see, there comes a negotiation. Maybe you felt that when you were trying to decide what to put on that card, this little dickering you had inside you, that wondering what might be the fair offer. And hallelujah for that, because that's the start, and how good it is to start. And the good news is the one who calls us keeps calling us to that greater and greater joy, and over time, the lesser and lesser negotiation. 
And that's what this Open Palms has always been about, getting us started on the next stage of our campus, a new chapter in our ministry. When we walk down these aisles and put on this table or in these baskets our commitments to this year's ministry and to the future development of our campus, quiet envelopes gently laid, one, two, no rattle of coins, just a quiet and fragrant offering to the Lord, to God be the glory. So before we take our next steps and start this next chapter, why not give ourselves a little time to ponder and pray and to hear the whisper of the Spirit? Many of you have come prepared with cards filled out and decisions already made, so take the time to ask God's blessing on what you will offer here this morning. Others of you who made advanced commitments to the campaign, we want you to be a part of this, so just grab those cards in the bulletin and bring those forward to show us your support for this campaign. We'd hate for people to think that you're not participating. Others may have not remembered your cards and maybe even now in these next few minutes you need time to think about your commitment and the cards in the bulletin are there for you. Others of you are here maybe for the first time or are seasonal visitors. And maybe you'd like to participate in our ministry supporting us as we have sought to support you throughout the years. We invite you to bring your cards forward as well. And others of you simply are here because you're praying for us. And that's great. So just mark a little note on that one of those cards that you're praying for Church of the Palms as we continue in our ministry and bring those cards forward too. Everyone gets to be a part of this parade. The widow and the wealthy are invited. So let's take the next couple of minutes to pray and to ponder. And then after that, I will invite us to come forward to offer our commitments to the Lord.
as our choir sings, let us bring our commitments before the Lord.
Let us pray. We thank you, O Lord, for this opportunity we've had to return to you a portion of that which you have given to us. Eggs, baseball bats, all these great gifts are for you. We are grateful, O Lord, that you will, through your Holy Spirit, you will bless them and empower them and allow them to be the seeds to the future of our church, the ministry of our church from day to day and the future of our campus. So Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will come upon us, come upon this great church, come upon these gifts laid before you today, that they may become multiplied and that the world through what we have given will come to see the great love and grace of your son Jesus and the power that you have for their lives. So bless us, O Lord, and all that we do as we go forth in your grace and mercy, for we pray it in Christ's name, amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.